Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for booking your flight through Study Abroad Airlines. My name is Brittany, and I will be your Study Abroad Advisor. Your phone should be set on podcast mode. Please sit back and enjoy your flight. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Stan State Study Abroad podcast titled Warriors Abroad. My name is Sandra, and I am the Study Abroad Ambassador on campus. For questions, you can reach me at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu. In every podcast, we cover a different topic related to study abroad. And this month, we are covering study abroad during the pandemic. As you all remember, COVID-19 first began being discussed in the worldwide media around January of 2020. And around that same time, our office actually had over two dozen Stan State students departing for their host countries. As February and March went on, things progressively got worse. The virus continued to spread and eventually the government asked people to fly back or risk being stranded in another country for who knows how long. So for today, we have two guest speakers who were actually abroad during the spring of 2020. And I'll let you guys introduce yourself, starting with Claudia. And you guys can mention your name, where you studied abroad, and when you studied abroad. Hi, my name is Claudia. Um, I studied abroad during spring of 2020 in Alicante, Spain. And I'm Nathan Heisler. I also studied abroad during spring 2020 and in Heredia, Costa Rica. Great. Thank you, guys. So I have a series of questions to present to you both and get your input. So let's begin. So the very first question says, just tell us about the start of your program pre-COVID. Okay, so um, when we first got there, I got there a little bit early. So I got there um, at the very beginning, like the 5th of January of 2020. So I had plenty of time before people started getting there. So I, I really got to know the city. I got to know some of the people who were there also early. And so we were having like a really good time, kind of just, it was a smaller city in Spain. And so we were kind of with the locals, uh, getting to know the, the culture, um, practicing our Spanish. Um, it was really good. Um, in February, we started going on field trips. We would go with field trips with USAC. Uh, we were traveling a lot, practically every weekend uh, to different places within Europe and stuff. Going to the university there, it was all kind of very, uh, this what you would expect from study abroad. Uh, very typical. I was living with roommates. We were all getting along. It was a really good time. Nice. What about you, Nathan? It, 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 you know, it's a similar experience for me. And I think that everyone has that nervous excitement that you're probably going to hear a lot about if you listen to this podcast all the way through um, of like, oh, I'm going to go study abroad. I actually chose to do a group flight. Um, it cost maybe 50 bucks more than going myself individually, but it was so worth it to meet people in the airport that I was going to be studying with. Um, so I already had connections, my extrovert like turned on full blast and mm -hmm. I like met everyone and, and started to make friends even before I reached the country. And then much like Claudia said, we were every weekend, we were a tourist, we were students and we were studying hard during the week, but every weekend we were going out, going to beaches, volcanoes, just having a good time. Um, intensive courses, um, yeah, pre-COVID -pre is what you would expect from a study abroad experience. And it was great. It was fantastic. I still have friends that I keep in contact from that time. Yay, that's good. Yeah, I totally remember when I first got there too. I also did the group flight. And then right away, we were all like, so where do we go out? 
you know, like we already had our own little group chat, so I totally can relate. So the second question after that says, everything seemed to develop very quickly when COVID first started popping up outside of China. So when you were first starting to hear about it, what did you personally think and how did you feel? Um, so at first it was kind of, I mean, we started hearing about it, you know, at the end of January and it was kind of like, oh, this is happening like on the other side of the world. So we were kind of like, oh, it doesn't really affect us, you know? Um, but then it was, it was weird because there was like, um, it was over a weekend when the cases spiked in Northern Italy. And since we were in Spain, it was like right there. And so automatically it was like the anxious feeling of like, is this, you know, is this, this actually kind of real, you know? And so um, we would start having weekly meetings with the USAC uh, on-site staff. And so we would just kind of stay on top of it, but it was already not like that mindset where things are, things are already so new in this, like, you know, you're in a different country, you're with people you're barely knowing and stuff like that. And then add this on top of it, it was kind of feeling a little bit, that anxious feeling was kind of building up. Um, eventually, we just, you know, we were like, okay, this is, they, the first thing they did was they banned us from going to Italy. And so we were like, okay, well, as long as that happens, you know, we're fine, because nobody was coming in and out of, um, we were living in a small, like city within Spain. So we weren't too worried. It wasn't like Madrid or anything. And so we were anxious, but we were kind of like, okay, well, this is not really affecting our daily lives yet. And so we're not going to worry about it. And so uh, that was going on. Um, and then, you know, as you said, things kind of developed really quickly. So a few weeks later, it was like, okay, well, now be aware of where you're going outside of the city in general like if even if you're going to a nearby city in within spain it was like there's cases kind of popping up randomly and even up to like early march we were still traveling outside of spain we were, we were still seeing a lot more like maybe cautiousness about people being hesitant to go like the fellow students that we were with they were you know like kind of postponing trips being like maybe this will get better eventually like later on and so we're like maybe we should wait and so we were doing that and then it was kind of again over kind of out of the blue like within a we came back on a monday and it was like oh well cases are spiking in madrid we're kind of like really nervous now and so then by then um usac was like yeah you guys should just stay here for now and so then we were just kind of staying oh. yeah we were just kind of staying within the um the city and eventually like that's when usac was like oh they're canceling all the programs and so then uh, by then some of some of the students who I was with had actually their their own home universities had canceled their programs already and so they were already getting sent home and so we were already in the, like the thing where it's like no like I can't believe this is ending for some people but there were still some of us who were like my university hasn't canceled we don't really know what to do and then like everything kind of died down when USAC was like yeah you gotta go and so um, that was like it, that entire process was really nerve-wracking um, but at the same time we were still you know in this new city that we were all falling in love with and so we were still going out and like eating out and you know taking walks and we were on a beach town so we were going to the beach and we were doing all this stuff and so it was like this like contradictory kind of sphere where it was like it was kind of anxiousness because of what was going on in the world but we were not affected in our everyday lives yet and so it was like that different dynamic um, of worrying about what was going to happen but also kind of wanting to take out with, with the best of what we could do with the time we had left there and so that was kind of I think the biggest struggle for me because it was like it was just like a, like a juxtapositioning of the things that were going on and so yeah 
How yeah. uh, how long did you get to be in Spain, Claudia, before they they sent you home? Um, two months, two months and a few, like maybe a week or something. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Nathan? So what what did you think, and how were you feeling? Because you're you're on another continent. Yeah. <laughs> while this was unfolding. Okay. This is this is what's wild. It, it, I mean, it's it's all wild. This is so far the most wild experience, both study abroad and the pandemic that I've I've been through. Um, but it was such it was such like a rumorous whisper of of oh, there's a virus in Wuhan, China that was actually told to us from one of our professors. And we were all just like, haha, cool, new flu strain. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I cannot emphasize enough, dear listener, uh, that like we, the hindsight is 2020, but we knew nothing. We knew absolutely nothing. Um, we had, when this virus started spreading, we had no idea if it was going to be deadly to infants or elderly or everyone, you know? So it was, we, we literally knew nothing. We didn't know how it spread. We didn't, it was, it was kind of terrifying in that aspect. Um, like, but um, if you didn't know, Claudia and I both studied through USAC, right? So what the benefit of that was is that we all knew people like in the program that I was in, in Costa Rica, we all knew people who had studied abroad through USAC in different countries. So we in Costa Rica heard right away, oh, hey, the students in Japan were sent home early. And I was like, what? No, that's impossible. They would never, for, for a flu, right? It was just total disbelief. Um, Italy was then the next hard hit. And it was like, we watched this slow blanket of coverage as um, all of Asia was sent home and then all of Europe was sent home. Um, I don't, I, I'm not uh, familiar with like African uh, programs, but I'm pretty sure that COVID hit <laughs> South America last. Like I, I remember Brittany, who's the study abroad um, coordinator at Stanislaus, if you don't know, emailing me, and like she would send blanket emails of communication to like all the students. And then eventually it got down to like, I was the only person on the list. So instead of this blanket, like students studying abroad, it was like, hey, Nathan, how are you doing? Are things okay? Um, <laughs> it was a terrible snowball effect. And we started to be so worried about everything. Um, I'll, I, there's other questions later that I'll talk more in detail about like being sent home and which process and communication and stuff. But it was, um, you know, life continued as normal pretty much until the week before uh, we were sent home. Uh, but as, as it was, it was just whisper and like a back of the mind anxiety that just kind of persisted in your head of like, oh no, something terrible might go wrong. Better enjoy my time while I have it. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally relate. It's actually, it's funny that you said like, oh, we were just thinking, oh, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. Because when I, when I first heard about it, I was also abroad. I went on a trip to Europe and I had just arrived in Paris. I had just gotten out of the airport. I was on the bus and I was going to my Airbnb and my mom called me and she said, hey, I want you to be careful because there is a virus named coronavirus that is supposed to be a little bit uh it's supposed to be very contagious and I want you to be careful and I said yeah okay yeah don't worry I'll be careful but I was like what does that mean be careful like from what because right we had no idea what how to protect yourself from it you know wear a mask or whatever so yeah I remember her calling me and telling me that and I just thought yeah whatever and then when I arrived in LA 
all of a sudden they were like, there was a case now in California. And yeah, so it was, it was that same feeling of, of, you know, it can't be that big of a deal. And then you get home and suddenly it's like, oh, it is a big of a deal. So yeah, I can totally relate to what happened to you guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the next question says, can you give a step by step breakdown of how things progress? So this is more of like the last few weeks before I know you guys kind of talked about it. So like, you know, how did it happen like the week before you actually left? And then towards, you know, once you were already, you know, at the airport ready to go home, we'll start with you, Claudia. So like I mentioned, some of the students who I was studying with were already being sent home by their home universities. And so we were already like, oh, we're not sure. And I remember emailing Brittany and I was like, hey, like, am I going to have to go home kind of thing? And so we were all kind of wanting to get answers, but didn't really know where to get them from because nobody knew about this. And how you mentioned, Ethan, like we were nobody was prepared. And so we were all just kind of standing around like, what like, what do we do now? And so when some people started getting sent home, we were like, okay, well, this is like a real, real life possibility now that we might have to go. And so we were all kind of just trying to, trying to do the things that we wanted to do within the city that we could. Um, And so we were hanging out basically every day with like everyone in the program and stuff. And we were going to the beach and doing all this stuff. Um, And then also looking at flights. And so we were like just monitoring like the flights and stuff Um, And then that was like the last week. It was funny because the week, the weekend before we got sent home, I was actually in Paris. Um, So we went with, it was, it was my birthday weekend and we decided to go to Paris with my roommates. Um, And so we were, we went to Paris and we, two of the girls that were supposed to go with us didn't end up going because their parents were too worried about COVID. And so they were like, don't go, you know, Paris is a bigger city, like don't go. And so we ended up going either way and um, we were really, you know, we were still already being careful. We weren't wearing masks yet, but we were, you know, hand sanitizer and careful of what we were touching and in public transportation and stuff. Um, but it was still just kind of like, oh, it won't happen. Like, it'll be fine. And so um, eventually when we got back from that weekend um, was when things started like progressing. It was like Monday, I think. And I think our program got canceled on like a Wednesday or something. And so it was that like, oh, wow those few days that was like, oh, well, okay, I guess we got to go. And so um, it was, we were just trying to do like make the best of the time we were, we were having. And so basically we were just hanging out with the friends that we knew we weren't going to see because we made friends from all over the country. I, one of my roommates was from Washington, DC and we live in California. Like I'm never going to see her. And so then Mm -hmm. trying to like, you know, um, make the best of the time we had. And so we were doing that and, then when the program got canceled, it was like 11 p.m. at night and we got the email from USAC and we were like, like, are you serious? And then as soon as like that email went out, everyone was like, OK, well, what are we going to do now? Because there were there were no cases in the city we were in yet. And so we were like, there's it's not like, you know, it's we were just like, OK, let's go out. And so we just we went out that night and the next morning um, was when Trump announced that it was like the whole ban and we were not sure, if, you know, like it was going to be for everything or what. And so then people were freaking out, like, are we going to be stuck here? And so it became like this thing where people people's parents were buying them like tickets for that, like a 6 a.m. flight that same morning. And so like they had to just like go. It was like the craziest, like just people are leaving left and right kind of thing. Um, And for me and my roommates, at least we waited a few days. And so we had a few extra days to like calm down, book our tickets, you know, um, try to do things for them, like 
a little bit more calmly than most people. And so it was very like, how I said before, nerve wracking, but at the same time, we were just kind of like, okay, this is happening. Uh, let's make the best of the time we've got. Um, but it was really, really crazy. Um, I don't know, Nathan, how long were you in Costa Rica? Cause I, you said you were like one of the last ones to get canceled. Yeah. There. I, well, I'm, I'm really interested in that you got almost the same amount of time that I did. And I wonder if our programs started differently. Right. Um, I got two months and one week exactly because, and these dates are like burned into my memory, right? <laughs> uh, I left for Costa Rica on January 10th, 2020. Um, and I came back on March 17th. So one, one month and one week exactly. Uh, do you want me to just go jump right into the breakdown as well? Yeah, yeah. If you can break it down as well, the same like, you know, a week or two before up to like when you had to come back. So, okay, USAC is awesome, and it totally depends on your program, right? But I specifically went to Brittany with that little checklist they have you filled out, and I said, I really want a program with a lot of support. Um, and she was like, oh, you need to go to Heredia Costa Rica. They have a great program. They have all these additional things that you can sign up for. And I was like, oh, cool. They had a spring break in Panama with the staff, with a big group. They would get a bus even and, and drive us around. We we go to so many beaches, right? And I was like, that's awesome. It only cost a couple extra hundred bucks or so. So I was like, absolutely, 100% doing that. That took place from March 10th to March 17th. So I was not only, and very similar to you, Claudia, when you were in Paris, when like the orders came in, I was in Panama and I was studying abroad in Costa Rica. So it was wild. So um, again, there was that sweeping wave of like continents being sent home. Um, and we were some of that last little pocket or it felt like maybe because there was there was so many communication problems. But we were like in that last little pocket of maybe we won't have to be sent home. Um, and it uh, we were like, going to Panama. Our, our study abroad director, the guy that was going with us said, we're going to do it. You paid for it. Uh, it. We don't have any reason to cancel it yet. And we went as we were in Panama traveling to beaches and stuff. These tourist companies started shutting down and like our hotel that we were staying in basically told us, yeah, once you leave, we have no one coming in. It's gone. Like, like they were the guy, the owner was sitting in the lobby with us telling us like, um, I'm not sure how I'm going to make rent, you know, because because the whole place, Bocas del Toro, Panama, where we were staying and was shutting down because it's a tourist hotspot. Um, we had to cross borders uh, internationally with different buses and stuff. And and it's common. It was never threatening. Right. But it's common practice to have people with guns coming in on the bus and checking your passports and making sure all your papers are in order. And the USAC staff was great. They like made sure double checked, triple checked that everyone had the right stuff. But it was terrifying because there was suddenly a massive surge of people trying to get back to Costa Rica. And we were part of it because international borders were closing and we were afraid right. of being stuck in Panama where we didn't have our homestays or places to live as well as being stuck in Costa Rica as well as not being able to go back to America um so I the USAC staff like the on the site staff that were with us was like god bless them because 
there was just this scattered group of 20 different students and we would get separated uh, like in different parts of the border and and carlitos our uh our director was just like a miracle man somehow because he would like walk up to <laughs> these people with guns that were like interviewing students and like wrap his arm around their shoulder and just smile and be like ah ese es mi estudiante no te preocupas and just like walk away and take them <laughs> with them to like rejoin our groups they took such good care of us um That's but good. similar to claudia right we i did get we did get back to costa rica on the bus ride home um he stands up and says usac has announced that all programs are being canceled uh people are crying on the bus uh like there's just so many emotions someone busts out a speaker and blasts party in the usa by miley cyrus i'm we're like dancing in the middle of this this aisle it's a private bus right it wasn't public um and then i spent about seven hours on the phone with my airline trying to change my ticket because everyone in the world was trying to change their ticket at the same time and then I got I got a flight and, you know, we got an email from USAC with big, bold, red text saying you need to leave by, I think, March 20th or so, because if you don't, you may be stranded in this country um, and we can't do anything because international borders are closing. So I was on the phone forever, got my flight changed. And then basically, unfortunately, it was a very rushed hurried goodbye from my homestay family because the flight I got was at a time where I needed to call an uber at like 5 a.m to get to the airport uh they got home from work at you know like nine or ten the night before we're sleeping and I got up and I had everything packed up I threw away so much stuff and just kind of was like well bye I left them a note like we said we said goodbye is like but I got in an Uber and I went to the airport and then I got back to America. And then this is, this is like the weirdest sensation I got. I like flew over. I saw LAX and I was like, Oh wow, there's America. And then I saw SFO, which I'm much more familiar with San Francisco. And I had this sinking feeling of, Oh no, I'm home. Like I didn't want to be home, but I was like, man, yeah. I'm a real adult now. I did that all. Like I managed that <laughs> whole process. Like good for me. <laughs> but yeah. it was it was and then of course it wasn't reverse culture shock. It was kind of just like a slump for the next week of like, ugh. Okay. I, I went on a tangent there, but I was it's just a wild experience. <laughs> yeah, I think the craziest part was also the flight home because I since so I couldn't I had my return flight. But it, they were just, they were, I, there was no way I could get on the phone with them. So I ended up just buying a totally different flight. And so I like, I just bought a, a totally different flight, but it was for, um, I think it was on, on like a Tuesday. And people were saying that if you go to the airport and at the airport, they might change it for the day, you know, the day of or whatever. And so um, what we ended up doing, we would go to the airport basically like every day for like three days and just see if we can get on whatever flight was leaving that day kind of thing um and it was like the weird it was so it was so frustrating because like how many times like, did you do that it, for three days straight it, because the thing wow. was, it was right after right after a few days after um 
USAC canceled programs was when the Spanish government went into lockdown. And so they were locking down everything. We didn't know if public transportation was going to be available. And there was like Ubers were not going and there was just no way for us to get to the airport, which is on the outskirts of the city. And that's when also the USAC onsite staff was so amazing. Um, our director, Luis, was willing to take us in his own car to like drive us to the airport and do all this stuff for us. And it was Honestly, I don't know how we would have survived without them. Um, they were just frantically answering emails and texts and calls. And it was, they were amazing at that. Um, and so what we ended up doing was a lot of us were flying to SF, you know, and so we were like, we're trying to get on flights with people who we were familiar with. And we were all trying to do on, you know, do this together. And so um, we were, it was just, it was crazy. And finally, like one, the second day we went, we managed to get a flight for the next day. Um, and they changed the flight free costs, you know, like it was just, they were very accommodating actually for us. And so they were like understood the predicament we were in. And so we ended up, uh, but we had already turned in cause I was living in an apartment. We had already turned in our keys and everything. And so I had to end up staying at another, a friend's like apartment and like, it was a whole thing. And so then eventually when we finally got on the plane, I had to take like five planes out of like, you know, in order to get home, it was like, I was going from Alicante to Madrid, from Madrid to LAX, from LAX to San Francisco, and like all these like connecting flights and being on different airports. And I was like, like, what, you know, like, what if I was worried because I live with my parents and my sister. And I was like, what if I, I somehow catch this and then go take it to them, you know? And so, and it was, this was, we were, mm -hmm. we did not have masks. Remember at the beginning, everything oh, was, yeah. oh, right. It was like, we did not have masks, we did not have <laughs> or nothing. And so we were just, I was on like a 13 hour flight, just like, what, like, you know, I mean, I hear someone cough and it's just like, oh my God, like, what is, is this actually like? And so it was very frustrating, but I think the flight home was the most like, I don't know, shocking for me. It didn't really hit me until I was on a flight, like out of there. I was like, this is like, I'm actually being sent home. It was, it was crazy. Well, it sounds like the USAC people at your home countries were really good. Um, so what, on, on top of like, I mean, I feel like you guys kind of already answered it because the next question says, what did they do to help you get home? And I know Claudia, you already mentioned like, they literally drove you and everything. <laughs> so it sounds really good. Do you guys have any other thing that you maybe want to add to that? Well, to say maybe to either USAC your host country or USAC in general, like how they helped you guys? I, I feel like I need to make a differentiation, unfortunately, between USAC the company and USAC the staff, because uh, USAC okay. the company sent uh, like worldwide emails to all the students being like, hey, this is happening. This won't happen to you. Or like, we have no reason or we have full intention to continue with face-to-face -face study abroad education. Um, and they, they told us nothing, honest, like, like, and I, I can't fault them too much because like, right. you know, no one really knew what was happening, but like, right. for instance, students, when students were called home by their home university, if Stanislaus called up and said, Hey, we need you to send Nathan home. USAC would not reimburse me at all. Um, if USAC sent me home, then they would reimburse me. And, and there was a lot of confusion. Are they going to pay for my flight if I have to change a ticket? Are they going to, am I going to get my homestay uh, check half back? Am I going to get my meal plan back? Am I going to get my tuition back at all? Will I even be able to continue classes, right? So that was USAC, the company. Um, USAC, the on-site staff, God bless them. They were doing everything. <laughs> they opened up their offices 
um, after hours, they were like, hey, free Wi-Fi. Our Wi-Fi works because it was spotty in Costa Rica. They were like, we, we like hyped up, super powered our router. Come to us. You can use our phone. We have unlimited data. They were like bending over backwards doing somersaults to make sure we could get home. Um, so I, yeah, I agree, Nathan. No, I totally agree because the on-site staff were absolutely amazing. I mean, it, I think they just, they genuinely care about, they cared about us and they wanted to get us home. Um, and they knew the situation we were in. I mean, they were there when we were like frantically calling them. And so, uh, but I think the USAC as like a, yeah, how you said as a group or, you know, the people based in Reno and stuff, they were kind of all over the place. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah. I think it was like that in yeah. most places. I think we also felt that way. We were also like, it seems fine. And then, and then we were like, oh, maybe it's not as good. And then we were like, do we call students here and not students over there? Do we ask them to come back? And then, there were, then you know, it was a lot of back and forth because again, we also didn't really know. Yeah, so it's, it sounds, it sounds like they were probably just as struggling as everybody else and not really knowing what the right thing to do is. Cause I, re I really thought that it was gonna be over by the summer this mm -hmm. past summer, which is, which now I'm like, that's so silly <laughs> to mm -hmm. think that it would have really been over. So yeah, I can, I can see how there's probably so much confusion because we were so confused here in the office of, uh, you know, as far as like what to do. But even so then, then not yeah. to like, like overly pat you guys on the back. Right. But the emails that Brittany sent out to us were so much more informational than like you said. <laughs> Maybe, and maybe it's just because, you know, you're dealing with two dozen students instead of thousands, but like, there right. was so much more like, hey, this is what's happening. We don't know what's going to happen, but at least this much we can communicate to you. Well, this leads us to um, kind of a critical question that I think most people are wondering, um, were you able to continue with your courses and how did that work? Like, was it online all or, or what? Yeah, so... I was able to continue with basically all of my courses. It was mostly like a self-teach method because there was a, the different time and stuff. And so we weren't meeting through Zoom as often because day here is night over there basically. And so um, we, but I continued with all of them. It was like a module-based online. I'm sure most students are familiar with stuff like this now. And so it was basically like a Zoom university kind of thing that we kind of started. And it, I mean, it worked out. I got all my credits and everything. None of that was really an issue. And I, I was really thankful for that because the teachers over there were also very accommodating. They knew and they understood the situation that we were in um, and they were, they were very willing to work with us. And so that was a really good thing. That's good. What about you, Nathan? Um, yes, we were able to continue uh, once we got home, but uh, we met, it was, Costa Rica is not an undeveloped country, but it is also not the most developed country in the world. Um, and as a result, you know, Wi-Fi and tech and specifically college tech support was not as uh, strong as it is in America. So for instance, we didn't have modules and we didn't have a learning management software to work off of. We had Zoom. So we Zoomed in every day, the same, you know, uh, two and a half hour class and, uh, in addition to our classes and basically just did that. And it, it, it was objectively bad, you know, and Again, you really can't fault them too much because everyone was scrambling to to kind of put a Band-Aid on this gaping wound. Um, but it 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 sucked. 
um, we got our units in and that's what mattered. But a lot of people that didn't need the units and were just studying abroad for the sake of it were dropping out of classes like flies to the point where I finished my Spanish track with four students. I was one of four students. And I think we had we had 15 at the start of the semester. Oh, wow. Um, well, we're getting towards the end of it. And the very last question, says, I know you guys have talked about <laughs> the developments and how things you know, were very scary. And um, the very last question says, so even though things didn't turn out the way we had all thought it would, would you be interested in studying abroad again? And would you, despite all the things that happened, would you recommend it to other people? Um, I would say yeah, for sure. Um, I think even though we were only there for like two months, they were still like, I mean, this sounds as cheesy as it's going to be, but the best two months, I think it's still something that everyone Good. should experience. Um, I, I mean, even with all the anxiety and everything, like how we said, we were kind of anxious, but kind of anxious in the back. And so we were kind of just trying to do <laughs> what we could. And so we were still having fun and uh, making friendships and I'm still friends with some of the people that I made and I only got to know them for two months and I still talk to them to this day so it's something that um, it's still very much uh, a part of my life now I think and I would definitely do it again I think for the most part if it's your if it's like the first time going abroad I think you might want to wait until the, you know this is all we're a more on more stable ground I guess um, to make it a better experience because I feel like if you go now and something like this happens or, you know, it gets worse, uh, it might kind of ruin it for you. But I think for me, it was, it was something that I knew was not a part of it. I mean, it wasn't because I went study abroad that this happened, you know? And so then it's like, it's something that the time that I was abroad was so great that I'd still go back and I'm actually trying to go back uh, next semester, hopefully. And so we'll see how things, really? out, but I definitely would recommend it to other people. Are you going to go back to the same place or do you want to try something new? I want to try something new. I feel like um, it's, I mean, if I'm going, might as well go somewhere completely different. So I'm going, I'm trying to go to South Korea this time. And so, <gasps> yay! yeah, that's very exciting. What about you, Nathan? What do you think? Let me, let me get nice and close to the microphone as I'm dear listener, you need to study abroad. Like <laughs> quite literally the exact same cheesiness and terrible, you know, sappy soap opera energy they were the most memorable two months of my life. They were the best, probably, two months of my life. And it was cut short and it had that anxiety crazed try to get home on time thing. And I still would do it over again, 100%, 1000%. Um, I, like you, Claudia, I have, I've got friends now all over the country that I'm still in contact with, a couple outside of the country too, that were part of the program. Um, yeah, it's great. Addendum to that, if you do plan on studying abroad, do it early. Because like me, or if yes. you're like me, I'm a senior. Um, that was my one chance to study abroad. And now I have to do, uh, I have to do my, my communications major classes. I have to get my capstone class and I have to do that at Stanislaus. And then I graduate. If you're going to study abroad and I was given this advice and I didn't take it, do it like your sophomore year. Cause then if you're like Claudia and you're like, oh, this was amazing, then you can do it again later on. Um, and you yes. can plan it and you can fit it in your four-year plan or five-year plan, whatever works. Yes, I always tell students the sooner the better and it just makes things so much easier for them as far as their courses because they can take like 
elected and stuff like that. And yeah, if they want to go again, they, then that means they can do it again. Um, so now that is kind of the end of it. Um, at the end, I usually just ask you guys if you have um, any last remarks that you guys want to say. I can kind of just leave it open for you guys. If there's a dance class offered at your abroad program, take it. You have to take it. Yes, and a cooking class. Do the yeah. cooking yes. class as well. Cooking class was great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and well, that kind of takes us to the end of it. So thank you, Claudia and Nathan, for joining us and telling us about your experience. And although things didn't work out as expected for both of you guys, I do think that better times are finally coming with the introduction of the vaccine in January of this year, in 2021. I think that things will hopefully start to go back to normal soon. And I hope that listeners who are anxious to get out of town and travel and see the world after so many months in quarantine decide to take the plunge and apply to study abroad. So thank you guys all for joining us today. Next month, we will be hosting a special Peace Corps edition where our guest speakers will be sharing the benefits of volunteering abroad in another country. So catch us next month. And if you guys have any questions after listening here today, feel free to email me at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for flying with Study Abroad Airlines. We hope you enjoyed your flight. If you have a connecting flight, you can find them at eie.csustan.edu slash studyabroad or email us at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu.